0: This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Don't go that. Welcome to Yak Radio, the radio show that's about, well, who knows? It's a different topic every week, but Yak Radio is always full of information to help you and your family get through life. Now
1: here's your Yak Radio host, Dave Stahl. All right, folks, welcome to Yak Radio FM 961 AM 1170, The answer. This hour is brought to you by Southwest Point of Sale. If you have a grocery store, liquor store, or any kind of a store where you have to check out consumers, you might, the, you might want to try the self-checkout system by Southwest Point of Sale. All the big companies use it. Why can't you? Give them a call at 800-540-2149. They'll come out to your location, take a look, and if it fits their, uh, their system, they'll hook you up. That's Southwest Point of Sale. Also, I want to thank San Diego Propane out in East County. Unbelievable family-owned company. I flipped from the big boys and went to a small propane company, and I couldn't be happier. They've got great customer service. They stay on top of my product. They they always call me when I need to get filled up. If there's a price increase, they get out there before it happens. Go to sd-propane.com or call 619-460-1705. 619-460-1705. 619-460-1705. The only downside is they only service East County. Also, if you're looking for good automotive repair, go to a Napa Auto Care ASC certified AAA shop, and West Escondido Auto and Trans fills the bill. Four locations, go to westautomotivegroup.com. All right, I got a really good friend of mine, Carl Brower. He is uh, working at IC Cars. He's a, he's the head analyst over there, and we were on a press event with the 2022 Toyota Tundra, and I interviewed him to get his perspective of what he thought of the new Tundra. Take a listen. All right, folks. Hey, I've got my good friend Carl Brower on the line. He's with Cars.com, and we were in San Antonio, Texas last uh, week for the 2022 Toyota Tundra. Carl, how long has it been since they've refreshed that thing?
2: Um, so real quick, Dave, sorry. I think you got So it's I cars. Did you say cars.com? You
1: said oh, cars? I'm sorry.
2: It's I cars. I'm sorry. Yeah. I cars.com. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, no. I, for some reason I thought it was just cars. So good. Glad you corrected me. So back to the question. How long has it been that Toyota has refreshed this truck?
2: It's been a long time. I mean, the truck was officially launched in 2007 from that San Antonio plant that we got to tour on the uh, launch recently. And it had sort of some refreshes between 2007 and 2022, but not really substantial ones. So this is the first full redesign of the truck since
1: 2007. Right. And, I mean, they went all out. I mean, they just didn't, you know, redo it. I mean, how many different grills? I mean, whether it six different grills and tire packages? I mean, they spent a bucket load of money so consumers can get pretty much the truck they want.
2: Exactly, yeah, and they, you know, really upgraded, like, the chassis, you know. They did the fully boxed frame. Uh, I believe it's 20% uh, stiffer or, you know, has uh, has more resistance to bending than it did before. That's a pretty huge amount. Um, and they, of course, added, for the first time, a hybrid drivetrain option, too. So everything from, you know, the chassis to the engine, uh, new 10-speed transmission, so really the whole drivetrain's new, and a hybrid option and then on up to the styling and the packages like you said there's six different versions of it and each one can have its own grill which is pretty cool i love the idea that there's that you know you'll always know not just that you bought a new tundra but which version by the grill
1: yeah exactly and i like that too and you know the you know the TRD Pro Max i mean our TRD Pro Crew Max with the bright red you know interior I mean, it's like it took them forever to do it, but I don't see too many stones that they didn't leave unturned.
2: No, they really did. They really did everything. The, you know, and of course, the big optional 14-inch touchscreen in the cabin uh, with really great intuitive controls, anyone who knows Toyota products from the last five-plus years knows they've been a little lacking there, truthfully. You know, they had an old uh, system, an old display. They had these... Uh, these um, kind of mouse touchpad thing where you're trying to control the, control it on their uh, premium cars from the Lexus division. And finally, all of that's been updated to something that really is effective now.
1: Well, you know, you and I had this conversation in the truck. You know, it takes, it seems that it takes Toyota forever to move up to the next level. But when they do it, I mean, they really do it right. They've done their homework, I think, on this truck.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're prudent to a fault, right? You know, they don't want to be yeah. impulsive. They don't want to be schizophrenic, which some of the other companies honestly can be. So they never do that. But that does make it sometimes feel like, so tada, when are you going to, you know, step into three years ago?
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, and then I think we can almost, you know, say the fact that, you know, we, they wouldn't give us pricing or fuel mileage. It's almost like they want to see what everybody else is doing first to see if they have to make any final adjustments, you know, before they release it to the public.
2: That's a very common uh, automotive manufacturer, and especially, honestly, the Japanese uh, automakers really do this particularly. I've seen it for years where they just want to hold their option on pricing as long as they can, you know, and it's like, okay, someone's ready to buy the truck, but they really need to know what it's going to cost before they're going to pay for it. It's like, okay, well, we'll finally, we'll tell you, you know, but they really want to hold it and they do it. For you know competitive advantage, they want to understand what all the other pricing is going to be for all the other competitors in a given market segment, and then they want to be the last ones out. You know, it's like they say, first first to speak in a negotiation loses, and they like to be the last to speak. So.
1: Okay, so you're you're in. I mean, you've been in the auto industry probably as long as I have, but you're more from the analysis technical side of it. How important is that for them to wait? Till the very end before they do pricing because consumers i mean you i don't know a, a, any consumer out there that's not more loyal to the toyota and the tundra as they are and do you really think that pricing is that important or is that just their trend
2: it's a little ocd to be honest you know and especially when you think about the fact that nothing sells for msrp anyways
1: right i mean half the time it's, yeah.
2: well, Most of the time, it's below MSRP. Right now, because of the crazy shortages we've got in global chip production, most things are going for over MSRP. But once again, MSRP becomes kind of this, like, starting point. It's rarely the finishing point for what you pay. But they know that it shows up on billboards and on TV ads and all, so they do like to have these various levels they they can boast about in those areas.
1: And we talk about it. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you know, from the journalistic point of view, we kind of start with the base, and I tell people all the time, before you freak out when you're looking at the top of the line with all the bells and whistles, go look at the base truck and see if that will meet your needs. If not, you've got six more levels you can you know, work your way up. So, yeah, so I, I, so, so maybe, I mean, they've been doing it forever. So I guess, you know, they, they must have something uh, up their sleeves that they know that we don't.
2: Yeah, it's a policy that they've done. I've seen all the other, uh, you know, automakers to some extent uh, do that. They just, everyone wants to know. It's the same thing, by the way, we joked about this, I think, during the drive, Dave, you know, do the same thing often with towing and payload. I'm honestly surprised we got to- towing and payload capacity for the truck, although I think they are strong yeah. numbers and I wanted to boast about them. But half the time you see, you know, one truck company being like, what, what, that's your new car's, your, your new truck's payload? Oh, oh, well, ours is this. Oh, that's your new truck's tow rating? Um, Ours is this, you know, and it's like, yeah, you guys are just playing games now, you know. There's there's a big fudge factor on, on safety for those things, and they tend to just kind of move it around as needed to make it have the best marketing pitch.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I did like their their towing package for backup and camera placement. Uh, I I wasn't really thrilled about how long it takes for you to set your trailer up to the truck. I thought that was a little more involved than in what it I think it should be okay I'm not a technical guy in that area but didn't you kind of feel like a half hour to an hour to set your truck up was a little much
2: well it's like so many things right there's this advanced technology but to get full advantage of it to take to, to take full uh, uh, capacity of everything it can do you've got to as the user kind of do all these things to help basically teach it and whether that's, you know, using the interface and picking your favorite stations and having, you know, Google yeah. or Apple Music figuring out what kind of music you like and make recommendations, it keeps getting smarter. Same thing with these trailers now. You If you put all the right information in about the trailer, the trailer towing capacity and the trailer towing features will be more accurate. But it's it's a pain. And, and eventually we'll get to, you know, we're kind of in the middle now, Dave, in another two to five years, there'll be some way that, like, they give you this, piece of like information this this little like device and it's gonna be like a laser measuring thing and you walk around the truck or around the trailer in about three minutes and then it figures in and it's like okay we've got the dimensions of the trailer and you're done but that's not here we're not there yet but that'll happen eventually
1: yeah but you know what i would do if i was a toyota dealer all right sir here's your truck here's your uh you know your calibration kit go get your trailer let's make an appointment you bring it here and we'll calibrate it for you
2: yeah I mean, you're right.
1: What- that's what i would do i would put that yeah. customer service way out in front
2: well and you and i both know too that any excuse to have a consumer post-purchase come back to the dealership is something they like so uh, absolutely why not use that as another reason for them to come back to the dealer shortly after they buy the truck all
1: right scale of one to ten what do you think of the truck
2: um Easy eight-and-a-half, I think, you know. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to give it a nine, but certainly an eight-and-a-half overall. Uh, You know, we had some other people on the trip that were real truck truck trucky people. You know, it's like that's all they cover. And uh, one of them had an interesting point. You know, he thought that there should have been – a higher gear ratio. He thought that there still should be like a gear ratio that's available as an option that's even higher than what you get with the truck, even with the tow package and all. And I thought that was interesting. You know, he feels like competitive models offer that. So that was one interesting point. Um, And, you know, there is no V8 available, which uh, we'll see how much people balk at that. But uh, even Ford, although they sell the most of their F-150s with the 3.5 liter or the 2.7, there is still a V8 option that the F-150 gives you, and so do all the other domestic trucks.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, and let's face it, the import truck is still, in my world, got an uphill battle against Dodge, Chevy, and uh, Ford. I mean, no matter what they do, they still, it just seems to me like they just don't quite get to that level. you agree or disagree?
2: Well, there's an easy level you can point to that kind of confirms that, right, which is configurations, right? I mean, there are just so many between the drivetrain options, the cab options, the bed link options. You know, there are so many ways you can order an F-150 or a Ram or a Silverado, and then uh, there are always fewer options uh, from the import trucks. They just never have that breadth of opportunity uh, or, or options. So,
1: Well, it'll be interesting, and by the way, folks, uh, Carl was on the North America. Uh, um, was it? What do you call it? NATCO The North Nat- American,
2: Yeah, North American Car, Truck, and SUV of the Year uh, jury. Yep.
1: So, so it'll be interesting to see if the Tundra gets there, gets close. So it'll be interesting to see. Carl, it was a blast hanging with you. I look forward to uh, seeing you again. Are you going to Moab with Cherokee?
2: i am i just signed up for that one i had to take kind of a weird date because i'm coming back from a believe it or not a four gt owners rally so i get back from that oh, on thursday, thursday okay. the fourth i yeah. could have
1: done that for you i i could have done that <laughs> you know it would have not <laughs> been a problem i would have been more than happy to take care of that <laughs> you
2: would have you would have you would have sacrificed yourself for that one if you had to go to that for me oh, huh
1: break my heart break my heart <laughs> Carl. we're going to do this more often this has been a blast and i look forward to seeing you on the road
2: hope so, Dave. Always fun seeing you out there. Thanks for having me on.
1: I've right, had Thanks. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to Jack Radio with Dave Stahl on FM 961, AM 1170, The Answer. This segment is brought to you by South Bay Auto House. South Bay Auto House, Mercedes-Benz service and repair. South Bay Auto House is the leading independent service and repair facility for Mercedes-Benz vehicles in San Diego. They offer sales, parts, service, and repair. They've been family-owned and operated for over 25 years, and they've been servicing San Diego Mercedes-Benz owners with a commitment to trust, integrity, and honesty. Their Mercedes-Benz vehicle technicians are highly trained and skilled to perform all maintenance and service work. Their in-house parts department allows them to complete your Mercedes-Benz service, often in the same day uh, for your convenience. They also have a selection of pre-owned Mercedes-Benz vehicles that are the highest quality in San Diego. Each vehicle is fully serviced and inspected prior to display on their showroom, and they meet the highest level of standards and excellence Mercedes-Benz owners expect. Now, if you're getting ready to buy a new Mercedes, contact Auto House first. Let them take a look at your trade-in. Most likely, they'll be able to give you more money than the dealer will. South Bay Auto House is your Mercedes-Benz solution in San Diego. You can follow them on social media channels. Or subscribe to their newsletter. Gary and Rick will be more than happy to take care of you. AutohouseSouthBay.com. AutohouseSouthBay.com. Also, with that being said, also Bumper Doc Scratching d- dings and dents. Body work, light, heavy, doesn't make any difference. Brandon and Phil can take care of you like family. Go to c They're at 8711 Magnolia. Six one nine two five eight zero four three three. 258 Well, guess what? Next week is National Teen Drivers Week, and you will not believe how many children have lost their lives in car accidents. I've got my good buddy Jim Graham from Ford Driving Skills for Life. Take a listen to this interview. Well, guess what, folks? You're right. It is National Teen Driving Safety Week, and I've got the man that knows everything about teen driving safety, Jim Graham. He has been doing uh, uh, driving skills for life with Ford Motor Company for how many years you've been doing this program?
3: It's the 18th year. I've been with it since we started in 2003.
1: You know what? And I think I've been with you ever since you started it. I think if I look at my records, we've been doing interviews on this. Because i got to say, folks, off air, I asked Jim, I said, how many kids have died last year? 4,000. That is insane. I mean, I, I don't want to compare it, but that's just, that's more than what we lost at 9-11. And look at all of the reaper, I mean, look at all the notoriety we've done for that. I mean, we've really got to work hard on getting these kids, you know, trained and, and car manufacturers are really stepping to the plate. You guys
3: do the driving skills for life. Tell us about the program. Yeah, so Driving Skills for Life was started in 2003. It's a free program that's out of the Ford Fund, which is our philanthropic arm. And what we did is we developed a program to look at the issues that were really impacting teens driving-wise. And really it's a lack of experience is the overall thing, but there's several areas within that, including things like vehicle handling, recognizing hazards, uh, speed and space management, uh, you know, basically making good decisions in those areas. Those are skills they didn't learn in driver's education for the most part. And then incorporate in things they shouldn't do in a vehicle, such as distracted and impaired driving. So for the most part, we go around the country doing hands-on clinics where we, we team up teens with professional instructors. And uh, they, they really enjoy it. It's a great opportunity for them to learn. And uh, it's something that, as you mentioned, something they certainly need. You know, that 4,000-figure, that's really the leading cause of death for teens in the U.S. is traffic crashes. And a lot of people don't realize that. So, uh, and it just makes sense if you think about it. They don't have the proper experience. Uh, they're they're new on the road, and uh, they need to get that. So uh, that's what we're trying to do is is make a difference doing that with our hands-on programs and then throw in some of our web-based curriculum and uh, other things we do. But we love talking to people like you that are big advocates and support it uh, because it is something a lot of people don't really understand or, quite frankly, don't get that concerned about until they have a team. Uh, and so it, it's, it's one of those things that's it's kind of a silent out there. You don't hear a lot about it, but it's a huge issue.
1: And, and doesn't it drive you crazy when they say, okay, I need to get a big station wagon for my kid to take his driver's test in? What? what yeah. That big station wagon? What makes you think he or she can drive that competently? I mean, that is insane. And I don't know about where you live, but in California, not that – that has anything to do with, you know, fatalities, but they eliminated parallel parking because it was too difficult.
3: Yeah, I was just talking to a gentleman from the Department of Motor Vehicles when we were there a few weeks ago. You're right. Uh, you know, there's everybody's dealing with more and more work and things like that, so everybody's trying to streamline things, but... Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of technologies on cars that do some of those things for them, too. So everybody's struggling with how do they properly test people. But the bottom line is, uh, you know, it's too easy to get a driver's license. I mean, everybody recognizes that. It's a step in the process, you know, to go through basic training with, you know, it's to it by state and all the rules vary by state. But the bottom line, it's too easy to get a driver's license. And it's so important for a parent listening, uh, even a team listening, that, You know, you want to get as much practice as you can, and especially from reputable sources. So that's what Ford's program does. And we encourage parents to take their teens to our program or any other program like ours. You know, ours is free because you need it. And you need to continually practice, practice. And parents, too, need to get engaged because, you know, they need to know how to do these things. They're the ones that spend most of the time with the teens. So we encourage parents to come to our program. Yeah.
1: I was just going to bring that up. The parents need to come as well. Well, the only problem I see with national, you know, your program, is it's not big enough. Because everywhere you go and every time you and I talk, no, uh, oh, it's already sold out. And I don't mean sold out because it's free. But you almost need to be bigger because I think, are you starting to see more and more families realizing the value of your program with Ford Motor Company? And, I mean, when you guys put the word out, and you don't even do that much advertising.
3: I mean, no, we don't. No, no, and you're but, right. You're right. You're right. Dave. You know, they, the, you know, what happens is once we come to a community, they're like, when you're coming back. So they bring other people out. And that's, the, that's nice. But you're right. I mean, we could be, we could do a program almost every day of the year. We yeah. invest about 4 million each year in this. We've got about 60 million since we started it. But you could do more and more, you know, we're trying to find ways to do that, working with the various states to see if we can get some dollars from the states, do that through the federal government dollars. But uh, that's something we're working on. But, you know, we try to do about 20 in the U.S. each year, and then we, we've been in 46 countries. But, you know, this is a global issue, too. It's not just in the U.S. Yeah. You, know, you know, your newly licensed drivers struggle. It just makes sense. They don't have the experience.
1: It's yeah. like trying to
3: play a sport without, you know, you have to practice before you can be good at anything.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, I mean, look what you have to do to get a pilot's license, and the only reason yeah. there is that you're going off the ground. Well, yeah. yeah, you can die on the freeway just as easy as you can die in the air. So, and I think, and we talked about it a little bit off air, registration money. I mean, I just, I just paid two hundred dollars for a 2015 vehicle for registration. Two hundred, well, actually, two hundred and twenty-two dollars. $5 of that could go to your program with no problem whatsoever. And I think once you have the financial where for all, there's a million professional drivers out there that don't race every single day. I think the pro, I think this program could be, you know, you, know, you, know, you know, built out to the point where we won't see 4,000. Maybe we'll see 400 or maybe even 40. That would be my goal.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, working with the state of California Office of Traffic Safety, we're looking at trying to do, you know, many more events in just in that particular state. So, you know, trying to work with some dollars they get from the federal government. But you're right. Uh You know, usually when you create awareness of it and when a parent understands this and learns about it, they're, you know, obviously very concerned. But most people don't really think about it too much until they have a teen that gets a driving age, and then they get very, very concerned, right? So, you know, but uh so that's what we try to do, and that's what National Teen Driver Safety Week's trying to do is just – put a week where you get a lot of visibility for it, Uh, even though we do this year round, it's just kind of an effort for everybody in the industry to try to get the, get the word out. You know, what happens is these are one at a time, you know, a crash here, a crash there. So you don't get that exposure that you get. if if, You know, that's part of the problem, but it is a, it is a huge issue and uh, people that work on it like myself uh, get, we really understand that people like you, but uh, we just got to get more people know about it and get people in programs and uh, you know, just, do what we can do, the best we can do to try to make a difference there. And that's what we're trying to do at Ford.
1: Well, the, you know, the, the last thing anybody needs to do is lose a child, okay? And the people in the, the upper echelons that make all these, these decisions, you know, one, if they lose a child, well, then everything changes. But I don't want to go there. I don't want anybody to have to go through what all these families have gone through whether it was the kid's fault, somebody else's fault, a drunk driver, you know, even even this new program where they want to put a breathalyzer in every car. I'm, fu- I'm for that, you know, because you shouldn't be drinking and driving. But anyway, I, I digress. How do people no, fight that? Out? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah.
3: Well, you're, ex- you're, exact- you're exactly right. I mean, uh, you know, we need to do everything we can to make it yeah. safer on the roads, and uh, there's things out there. I think technology is playing a role in it. There's some great technology in vehicles. Uh, but the bottom line is we need to change behavior. You know, people are speeding. Uh, we have yep. seen examples of people going over 100 miles an hour during the COVID breakout. I mean, we just need to make better decisions. And part of what the Ford Driving Skills for Life program is to try to get these young people to listen to these instructors. They'll listen to them a lot more than they listen to their parents, but to really, you know, want, you get them to make great decisions. And they, they, I think they, most teens want to do that. They just don't know what some of these decisions should be. So that's what the goal is to try to change decisions and decision-making processes. And, and not only that, but with with teens, but with parents too, because, you know, we can control the speeding. That's relatively easy to control. We just need to do it. Distracted driving, same thing. It's a huge problem out there. And, uh, you know, we just need to really realize that you're driving a heavy vehicle and you cannot be driving distracted. You need your hands, hands on a wheel, eyes on the road. and, And also you need to look out for other people out there. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a problem that, you know, obviously we try to address every day, and people like you, and they get the word out. It's great. We really appreciate it.
1: Well, I'm glad you're as passionate as, as you are. And so for folks that are interested in a, because, by the way, I finally spent some money. I podcast now this show all over the world, so people can hear this, this interview everywhere. How do people find out about when you're coming to their town?
3: Yeah, well, we are working on our uh, schedule for next year now, but you can go to our website, which is drivingskillsforlife.com. There's an area that says hands-on events, and there's a notification list you can put on so that when we come to your community, uh, we'll, you know, we'll send an email out to you. So the best thing to do is stay in touch with us through our website. Uh, we'll have our new list of cities in the U.S. and even globally on there probably in December. But we'll try to do about 20 events in the U.S., and then we do events in other countries. And uh, if we come to your community, certainly you want to make sure you get your team uh, right. into the program and if you if we're not in your community, I will just mention real quickly that there's something called the Academy Which is an online version of our hands-on program on our website. It's free. It takes about two hours That's also good for them to go go through and you know if, if we're not in your community So just keep in keep in touch with us uh, and we will uh, do our best to get into your, get to your community
1: Well, if you're coming to San Diego, you know TV is right there for you All you have to do is just let me know in fact I'll, in December. I'll go to the website <laughs> if I see you got San Diego on the list, uh, you know, you know I'll take good care of you.
3: Yeah, we always do, and we're always in California, so uh yeah, we look we, we have great events out there, great people. state's great, you know. We work with all the states too, obviously, in this and they're all good. California's great. So we really appreciate and our national partner, the Governors Highway Safety Association, does a great job with us too, so it's a it's a it's a fun program. It's a very important program oh. and I feel fortunate to work on it,
1: you know. Absolutely. Well, hey, bud, you keep up the good work, and uh, let's see if we can uh, lower that number for 2022.
3: All right. Thank you so much. All right. Take care.
1: All right, folks. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to Yak Radio with Dave Stall, FM 96.1 AM 1170, the answer. This segment is brought to you by San Diego Gear and Axle. Anything in the undercarriage, Steve can take care of it. Go to sdgearaxle.com. Two-wheel, all-wheel, four-wheel drive makes no difference. Steve is the man. Now, I ran this uh, interview in the last hour, but in case you missed it, it's week, It's kind of a week old, uh, but it's about the Rebel Rally. Ford entered three Ford vehicles. Take a listen. All right, folks. Hey, well, you all know about the Rebel Rally and all those young ladies, 52 entrants out there traversing the desert, going here, there, and everywhere. And I got Jovini Young on the line. And wouldn't you know it, her girl is in first, one of her girls are in first place in a Bronco sport. How cool is that?
4: It's pretty awesome. We love the Rebel Rally, and this year we have three teams entered in the Rebel for the Bronco team. We've got uh, the Bronco sport, uh, and that is with, um, uh, we've got Melissa Fisher and Cora Jokinen, who have been Rebel veterans in the past. And they are currently in first place, so we're stoked for that. And then in the four-by-four class, we have two Broncos competing. Uh, We have Team 150, which is Shelby Hall and Penny Dale. And they actually competed for us last year in the X-Cross class and won in a Bronco sport, so they're competing this year with us in a two-door Bronco. And then we also have Team 131 with a team from Four Wheel Parts competing, Victoria Bundrens and Catherine Reinhardt, this is their rookie year, so they're currently in 24th. They're hanging in there, especially as rookies. I know what that feels like, so um, nice to see them still hanging on and going strong.
1: Well, everybody, you all need to know, this is with a paper map and a compass. I had uh, uh, Team 149, San Diego Off-Road Coalition Dirt Radio, come into the studio and Nicole, who ran it in 2017, she brought the actual map and tools that these girls are going to use. And there is no way you would get me out there trying to do what they're doing. I don't care if you do have a Michelin five-star chef feeding them every night. There is no way I could do that.
4: It is tough. And I can speak from personal um, experience. I competed last year as a novice. I'd never done anything like this before and I actually never off-roaded before and decided to enter myself into this, this uh, rally. And it is tough. It is hard. You're learning how to read topography. You're trying to, it feels like you're trying to find a needle and haystack as you're looking for all these checkpoints, but it is a great competition and you're pushing yourself. You're pushing the vehicle and you're pushing each other to the limit. So I I really enjoyed it, and I know these women work super hard um, throughout the entire rally.
1: Well, it ends it ends this Saturday, correct?
4: It does. It's the actual competition last day. I think it ends like tonight. Uh, tomorrow is the last full off roading competition oh. day, and then okay. Saturday there are additional um, kind of skills assessment tests that occur at the camp, but the actual, the last day of off-roading is tomorrow.
1: Right. And, and ladies, I highly recommend, if you're kind of an adrenaline junkie, that you do this. Now, our team uh, used their own vehicle. Uh, I mean, Audrey actually went out and bought a Jeep just so she could compete uh, with this, and, uh, she, you know, I painted the hell I bought helmets for them and had them all decorated up for the radio show the whole nine yards but every once in a while there you know there's a lot of video going on you know when they do it and she's been interviewed a couple times and happy and bubbly me i'd be a
4: mess (laughs) yeah i guess if i think about what i was doing it's catch me at the right time right like there are times throughout that that i was extremely happy i just found a checkpoint i can't believe i did it and then it Literally, an hour later, you could be at your lowest of low. Like, you could be at a place where I have been searching for this. I cannot find it. I swear it's got to be right here. I swear it should be here, but it's not where am I? I'm lost.
1: <laughs> well, and, and what a lot of people may not know, there's three checkpoints. There's a flag, which lower low, low points. Then there's a piece of painted rebar, which is a little bit or higher points, and then there's nothing It's coordinates and those are the highest points i cannot wait to hear because the girls uh, are going to be coming in we're going to do radio of course this sunday live and that's what the whole hour will be on is the experiences and the and the craziness uh of, of 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 uh you know the event itself but i think this is a smart move for ford you know to bring in their newest vehicle because you're not gonna get any better testing than you will with an event like this. Don't you agree?
4: Totally. Um, you know, for us we're entering three vehicles in the bone stock competition, right? So we right. did not modify the vehicles. You're you're doing this entire rally in stock, you know, you you've got the stock factory wheels, you've got the Stock, you know, list that you've got on there, and we haven't added anything additional to the vehicles other than like, you know, we're going to add something to hold the some of the accessories on there, like a like your off-road recovery boards, as an example. But large and large, like the entire vehicle is pretty stock, and so for a competition like this, where you're you're driving in, I I every terrain manageable, like imaginable, in all the different. Um, Uh, locations, it's just a a tough, tough thing. And to be able to do that with our stock vehicles is just a way to test this out, see how we do, um, and kind of give us real-time feedback on the capabilities of our vehicle.
1: Well, and the funny thing about it is when Audrey was getting ready to go, she goes, well, I hear it's just fire trails, so it's not going to be very challenging, and I just chuckled. I go, well, you know, you'll see. And I know it's way more than little dirt trails, right?
4: Absolutely. When I, you know, I this year I saw pictures of the course, and they were in areas where, especially because the first part of the rally, they had some terrible weather. It was drenching torrential rain on them. They had a lot of mud. Right. Uh, and then I saw they had, scale force winds at like 60 to 70 miles per hour. So they were just winds. They had no visibility
5: driving on these
4: courses. And then, you know, you get into some locations where it's, you know, you're in rocks or you're in extremely steep terrains where it's very, very technical. I talked to Emily Miller earlier this week and she said, you know, they've passed it, but this area is a super, super technical drive. You've got to be right on it, really smart about the lines you're taking, and it definitely tests the driver's capabilities and their thoughts on like how they're, what route they're going to take and how they're going to take their vehicle through it because you really want to make take care of your vehicle. It's an endurance challenge just as much as it is uh, you know a driving challenge.
1: Right, right. No I, I think it, I, I think it's wonderful. I, I, I couldn't be more supportive. Uh, I was trying to get a hold of Emily, but then I thought, nah, that's not going to work. I was going to say, because they're in Glamis, and most of them are going to drive their vehicles back to wherever they came from, or at least to some area to transport them out. I was going to have them all come on KUSI-TV Sunday, and then I thought, you know what? All they're going to want to do is go home, take a shower, and go to bed. So I I, I think getting them there at 7 o'clock in the morning would not be a user-friendly idea, but but i am definitely going to highlight uh anybody in the area give them some television and 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 give back to the sponsors that helped get there you know ford you know putting three vehicles in the race i mean that's i mean especially right now where product is a little hard to come by you know that was a that was a commitment but you know it's typical of ford you know you guys are are great about doing that so are you going to go back and do this again next year <laughs>
4: You know, we'll see, me personally, yeah. you know, I'd love to do it again. <laughs> um, I think for, definitely for Ford, this is something that we believe in. We love the support of it. Um, I think it's a super hard, challenging rally, but it just so happens to be an all-women's event. You know, I, I and that's how Emily Miller talks about it. Like, it's, she yeah. didn't like, you know, it's not like a, 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 it's not like a cruise, you know, like so you're not just cruising along here. You're yeah. pushed to the limit and, yeah. uh, And I love that it just so happens to be an all women's event. And these women, I have to say, every single one of them that I met last year and the ones that are competing this year and every year going forward have been just, they're they're just dedicated and just uh, badass women out there. Just, they know everything about their vehicle. If it breaks down, they know how to fix it. I mean, these women are just, they're the real deal. And I love, I love this competition. Yeah,
1: I do too. Well, Again, uh, go to the Rebel Rally uh, website, folks. You can click on it. You can see the map. There's a list of all the drivers. And now I just found out that you can look at the on the results at the end of the day to see where your favorite driver uh, showed up. And if you do see videos, you're not going to be able to tell the vehicles apart because they're all tan, and it's because of the dirt. <laughs> There's no colors. Every Every vehicle seems like it's the same color. It's funny.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's so funny to see the start of the rally to the end. At the end, it's completely caked in the mud and the sand and the dirt, which is how it should be.
1: Well, I'm curious to see how the Volkswagen ID4 did. Because uh, that's, talk about it. I mean, it's challenging enough with a gas powered vehicle, but by doing it all electric, that will yeah. of course, I know you guys are watching that because who knows? Maybe the Mach E will show up next year. Stranger Things.
4: But definitely taking a you know keeping an eye on what's going on with the electric teams. There's a few of them. The Rivian right now is, um, which is uh, with Emmy Hall and Rebecca Donahue. Um, uh-huh. This their second year competing in a Rivian, and they are currently in second place. So uh-huh. um, so there's a competition going on there, and I believe that the first place team, Nina Barlow and Terlyn, Um Petteret, I think they are they're in a Jeep Wrangler. Um, I think all electric as well. So, um, kind of interesting to see how this is, this is turning out. But, um, it's definitely cool because that's the rally is looking to the future and, and kind of seeing what else, you know, how do we continue to think about how things are changing? So, um, we'll keep, we'll keep an eye on all that stuff. Who knows? Um, you know, as, as our portfolio in general continues to change with the time, maybe, maybe one day we'll see something at the Rebel.
1: Well, if Emmy Miller runs out of Diet Dr. Pepper, then you guys will probably win it. But if she doesn't, (laughs) that's going to be a tough one, girl. (laughs) All right, know. I know. Thank you very, very much for taking time out of your day. I know I messed up Friday, but I am so happy to chat with you, and I'm really looking forward to the 2022 Rebel Rally. Uh, I think it's going to be on the map, and people are going to love it.
4: Awesome. Well, thanks for having me.
1: All right, kiddo. Take care. Bye. All right, folks, welcome back to Yak Radio with Dave Stahl on FM 961. AM 1170. This segment brought to you by John's Automotive Import Repair. Two locations. Go to John's with an S, San Diego Auto Triple AAA, Napa Auto Care, ASC Certified. You can't beat John's Automotive Import Repair. 7447 University Avenue in La Mesa. All right. This will be the second interview I'll do on the 2022 Toyota Tundra. I was over in uh, San Antonio where they build the truck, and we got to go to the plant while they were in between stopping the 21 and starting the 22, and I got to talk with Ken uh, Munklet. He's the uh, Tundra product manager. Had a really good insight. Take a listen. All right, folks. Hey, I am in Austin, Texas with Ken Munkelt, and he is senior product education planner and we're out here for the 2022 toyota tundra and folks if you love your tundra you're really gonna like this new tundra ken you guys i mean how many years have you
5: put into the new tundra many many years i can tell you that so uh as, as everyone knows, we've been on current gen for a long time. So it's been years since we've been talking about the new truck and it, it's taken this long because we wanted to make sure we created the best Tundra for our customers and uh, I think we did.
1: Well and I can honestly say you started from tip to tail, from top to bottom because I don't think there's anything on this truck that came from the last generation. If it is, it's small.
5: Yeah, it's very small. So this truck is, uh, according to engineering, 98% new, which means it's all new, right? Maybe there's a couple bolts that probably carried over from current gen, but uh, it's as close to all new as you can possibly be. New powertrains, new frame, new rear suspension. uh, It is all new, and it is a fantastic truck
1: and you're uh, in the uh, the uh, infotainment screen war and uh, you're now ahead.
5: Yeah, so we've got a standard 8-inch screen, but the big news is the optional 14-inch Toyota audio multimedia screen.
1: And the fact that you can talk to the truck. I mean, and it's so intuitive. I mean, it's you could pretty much you, you don't have to worry about buttons at all. Everything you can communicate.
5: All it is is "Hey Toyota." It's pretty simple and and as far as voice controls go, this one works very well. And that was a goal for our, our multimedia team. And, you know, a lot of people,
1: when you look at this truck, you have what, how many levels? Six? Six, yeah, six different grades. And of course, a lot of people in where we're at, San Diego, close to the desert, you know, they're going to love the TRD Pro because you really made this an off road truck. I mean, it's not just decals and lights. Tell us a little bit about what you did to make this capable off-road.
5: Sure. Yeah, TRD Pro is extremely capable off-road. Uh, we do. We start with a, a Tundra Limited, and we build the off the Tundra Limited that is the TRD Pro. So it's more luxurious than it's been in years past. However, it didn't lose any of that ruggedness. Uh, we've got a 1.1 inch lift on the on the front of that truck. Fox shocks all around forged 18-inch BBS wheels, TRD aluminum skid plate. Uh, I mean, the list goes on of what we've did to make this truck tough. But I think the big news for Tundra TRD Pro is that we've added multi-terrain select, crawl control, and a locking rear differential. All features we never had on Tundra before, and now we throw it in a TRD Pro, and it becomes an off-road monster. We just came
1: off the off-road trail with it and utilizing the crawl control. And... You know, I've been in other vehicles with crawl control. This one's manageable. You can adjust the speed to, to the terrain. Uh, you can go up, you could go down, and then when you get to the top of the hill, if you want to turn around and have hill descent, all you have to do is push one other button, and you've got the same button. It's not complicated, and down the hill you go as safely as possible, and I think that's really the importance. Now, if you're not into off roading and you just want to have a truck, let's say, to go to the Hotel Dell for dinner and the family, you've got the limited.
5: Yeah, you've got the Limited. We've also got Platinum in 1794. Uh, What's really nice about these six different grades is we've got a truck for you. You want an off-road truck? Well, not only do we have TRD Pro, but we've got off-road packages on SR5 Limited and 1794. You want a really nice cruising truck with all the amenities, you get something like a a Platinum or a 1794. Uh, The range goes on, and I will tell you, Platinum in 1794... As far as luxury goes, they are they are top-notch. The inside, the materials, the real leather, soft-touch dash uh, is really amazing on these trucks.
1: So tell us about the 1794 because out in California we probably won't have a clue what that
5: is. (laughs) So 1794 is one of our our high grades on this truck and the name 1794 came from the ranch in San Antonio where the truck is built. So the Tundra is built in San Antonio, Texas. The current site was a ranch and the year that that ranch started was 1794. So it's paying homage to that ranch uh, and uh, that's why we use that name and that's why we give it all those luxury features big chrome grill chrome uh, mirrors it, it, it really does uh, make the truck look bold and, and stand out so all you
1: engineers were sitting in a room and you couldn't decide on a grill how many grills do you have for this truck?
5: There's almost a different grill for every grade of Tundra, right? And and maybe it's a Texas thing, uh, big truck, big grill, got to show off the, your your truck with your big grill. But yeah, pretty much almost every grade has a distinct grill. Uh, and then we have special grills if you do a TRD Sport or a TRD Off-Road package as well. So it, it really makes the truck look distinct and uh, can tell what kind of grade it is. The other thing
1: that I, I was found surprising is if you have a truck with fog lights, they only go on when the high beams are off. But what you did is you put an LED bar in the dash, and the only way it's coming on is with the high beams.
5: Yeah, so on a TRD Pro, we have a light bar underneath the the Toyota emblem, which actually spells out Toyota on TRD Pro. It's our heritage grill, and we got a big light bar underneath there, LED light bar, and yes, uh, it only works with the high beams, and there's a button on the dash to control it. That
1: is so cool. And, you know, you got a spray in bed liner, you've got a easy lift high tailgate, and it even says Toyota on the top of the tailgate. So if the tailgate's down, people still know what's behind there. So, uh, let's see how much time. Oh, yeah. Typical. We'll go. We got plenty of time. So the other thing that I, I liked about it is, you know, the suspension. Let's talk a little bit about the air ride.
5: Yeah, so we have an all-new suspension setup on this truck, particularly in the reel, in, in, in the in the reel, in the rear. We've got a multi-link rear setup, right? So we went away from leaf springs and went to coil springs. But on 1794 and Platinum editions, we also have a load-leveling rear height-control air suspension. So we did an air suspension on the back to. Uh, help with loading if you're loading something heavy in the back or if you're connecting a trailer to kind of lower the the rear end of the truck to help that out. It's also uh, automatically adjusting so as you're driving down the road it can adjust according to uh, situations whether you have a heavy load in the back or whether you're towing. Uh, Really it, it makes the ride really nice too.
1: So for folks out there that maybe have a boat, a jet ski trailer, a race trailer you know you have the option to set your trailer up with your truck And you have a system to where the truck, if you can't figure out how to back it up, it'll do it for you. Tell us about that system.
5: Yeah, we've got an amazing new system called Trailer Backup Guide with Straight Path Assist. And what it'll do, well, the Straight Path Assist function will actually back the trailer on its intended path, straight back, no matter where the cab is pointed, and it'll put your trailer where you want to put it, uh, hands-free by just activating a button off the uh, multimedia system.
1: And the hardest thing with that is keep your hand off the wheel. But if you do have to do it for a panic situation and then just punch the button, go back to your original – but if you just let the, leave the truck alone and let it do what it, it says it'll do for you, it'll actually do it. We tried it. Worked absolutely perfect. We tried to trick it. We we couldn't do it. Uh, you know, but you've really just – I tell you, I don't know what you're going to do in 23, 24. I really don't because – I can't think of one thing that you could do to that truck to make it better. I know you will, because that's your job.
5: Yeah, that's that's the tough part, right? We had so long and so many years to develop this truck, going up more, going and making it even better. Well, that's a tough thing. Well, isn't this like you and
1: your wife having a son or daughter, and you it goes through all the schooling and the grammar? Now all of a sudden it graduates and leaves <laughs> and goes home because the Tundra is when's it going to leave?
5: Oh, it's not going to leave, right? Oh, but when's it going on sale? Oh, when's it going on sale? <laughs> December, right? So, yeah, you're right. You're, so you're right, fun. Dave. All these years and every, the development and everything we put into this truck, yeah, it's leaving the nest in December, but it's going to good hands. Well, it's
1: funny. I was talking to one of the engineers, and he goes, yeah, I know. I was dreaming about it. I dream about it every night because if I'm designing something and, and maybe we're having a little issue with the design, oh, my gosh, I wake up in the middle of the night. and you know. But that's people don't realize how passionate you guys get when you're building a vehicle i don't care if it's a corolla i don't care you know what it is you guys are in it 110 percent and that's the kind of team that toyota has always surrounded themselves with
5: you're absolutely absolutely right dave and our chief engineer told uh told us when we're building this truck and developing this truck they said he said I want you to build the truck that you want to drive that you are proud to own and you want to put in your driveway and you love everything about it. So that was really the the, the direction we went with this truck and and we followed it. I mean, there's so many great features on this truck uh, that it, it's uh, it's really miserable.
1: How many hours do you think you have in this truck? Can you even can you even quantify it or have you guys? Because I mean, it'll probably give you a headache, but it's probably higher higher than the national debt.
5: I, I can tell you for me and my side of the development of this is packaging and, and uh, everything that goes into that and what to offer on what grades, and I've got countless hours yeah. into it over the years. It's, it's, it's incredible. The, the last probably four or five months is, have been a whirlwind with uh, putting everything together.
1: Well, I know, folks, you're all wondering, you know, what's pricing, what's gas mileage. Well, we're not going to talk about that right now because it's still in development. Uh, There is an embargo on it. But I just had to sit Ken down and kind of give you folks a a little insight out about the vehicle because he knows it like he knows his family. Uh, So we will, once I get one in the press fleet and I spend some more time in it, then we'll probably get you back and do it again. And one last thing, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart getting Ivan Stewart in the right. Motorsports Hall of Fame. He's a dear friend, and nobody is a better uh, representation of Toyota than Ivan.
5: Oh, man, the Iron Man, he's the best, right? I love Ivan. I grew up watching him ripping across the desert oh. in those Toyota trucks. Uh, I still think of those white trucks with oh. the red, yellow, and orange livery. So cool, and, yeah, I'm so happy for him. He, that's awesome.
1: I got one of his fenders up on my wall in my garage autographed. And have you ever ridden with him?
5: Uh, I have. And it's incredible. And uh, I didn't get to ride with him in one of his trucks. I got to ride with him in one of our trucks. And uh, I didn't know it could do some of those things.
1: <laughs> I just had to end with that, Ken, because I really thank you for that, and I know Ivan does too. And every once in a while, I'll joke with Ivan. I'll say, "Hey, Ivan, you want to come drive this Raptor?" "No, no, get away from me!" I, "No, not driving any of those." Ken, thank you very much, and truly, thank you for having me on this press event. I can't wait for the next one. <laughs>
5: you